Joe Mays and Jay Raff Show, giving you weekly sports analysis, opinions, and discussion. Now, here are your hosts, Joe Mays and Jay Raff. Well, good evening, everyone, and welcome to the 202nd episode of the Joe Mays and Jay Raff Show. I'm one of your hosts, Joe Mays, sitting to the right of me, co-host Justin Raffoff, and to my left, who you can't see right now, although I'll change that for you, you'll see our basketball analyst, who hasn't been here in a little bit, in uh, Mr. Adam Filer. So, gentlemen, thanks for being here for talk a little bit on March Madness. Yeah, it should be a, should be a fun show. Um, you know, it's... Regardless of whether people follow college basketball or not, um, a lot of people get into this into college basketball this time of year, and so I think we have kind of like a, a range here of of you know people on the show tonight that follow it rather closely, people who kind of follow along a little bit more, and then um, you know maybe not as much. So <laughs> we we were already talking before the show about kind of. Uh, where we still with our bracket knowledge coming into the show. So, uh, you know, if you look at our contest that we've run the last couple of years, maybe you don't want to listen to Joey. That's why we bring well, in the expert. I'm I'm pretty much just here to get this show out there. Like, I have nothing to add to this conversation at all. I still love to participate in March Madness, but I really don't know much about what's going on. I can tell you that I've watched maybe 30 seconds of college basketball all year so far. Uh, that will, like, quadruple. This coming week. Um, two minutes. Yeah, we'll see about two minutes. Um, so it'll be a lot of fun. But yeah, the, the bulk of this show will be carried by Adam. Uh, he's got notes and he's ready to go. He was texting us before the show uh, with all kinds of stuff that he wants to carry. He might uh, as well have been texting us his, his pre-calc stuff because <laughs> I felt about as, as lost as, as I would in that class. Um, yeah, so here we are, episode 202. Um Got March Madness to talk about, which we, we love to do. We're going to be running our bracket challenge like we have. This will be our sixth year. We've done it every year that we've had the show. And a lot of people are very interested in competing uh, against us and Adam and uh, you know friends and family and acquaintances. A whole bunch of people always join. We usually get 30 to 40 brackets. And I'd love to match that number again this year. Uh, just like the last few years, the winner takes home uh, Joe Mays and JRF Show shirt as well as gets the opportunity, if they so choose, to appear on a show and pick a sports topic to talk about with Justin and I. And we can do that over the phone, over Skype, or in person if they're in the area and they so choose to come on the show with us. But uh, that's what we have to offer. We don't have uh, money or gift cards or anything like that. It's just all in good fun. And uh, we hope a lot of people uh, join the Bracket Challenge. But before anyone fills out the brackets, hopefully they are listening to us, so they obviously know the three of us are going to pick a perfect bracket. We're going to go through, and we're going to know that this is what's going to happen. There's, there's, I mean, I hate to take the fun out of it by saying, you know, this is who's going to win. But, you know, the three of us here, mostly Justin and I, really know college basketball. I'll, so I'll make a deal with you. If anybody in the group... Picks a perfect bracket. You can have two T-shirts. <laughs> oh, okay. You know what? We'll give them a blue uh, and, and a gray. gray. Yeah. A blue and a yeah. gray. So, yeah. just throwing that out there. Right. No, I, the I, I agree. I think that is that is a good thing to do. So, um, let's before we get started and we turn this show over to Adam here, um, let's throw out the contact information 
and uh, see if there's anyone out there listening live that would like to contact us. There's multiple ways you can do that, and Justin has that information for you. Yeah, we'd love to have your take on uh, on the teams or the brackets or kind of how you think this is going to play out over the next uh, three or so weeks. So um, you can call the show using the Maze Sandwich Shop hotline at 530-563-6297. Again, 530-563-6297. You can also email us anytime uh, using the Maze Sandwich Shop email inbox at jomazeandjraff at gmail.com. Again, jomazeandjraff at gmail.com. We also have a variety of social media platforms, primarily Facebook and Twitter. You can like our page at Facebook.com or follow us on Twitter at Joe Mays and JRAF. Uh, Justin and I are both also on Twitter. You can find me at JMFlyer1454 or Justin at Mr. Underscore Raffoff. So uh, I know there's a few people out there listening. If anyone wants to give us a call, send us an email, uh, get on the show, tweet us, comment on our Facebook page. Uh, we will pull that up and... Uh, talk a little college basketball here tonight. I do just want to throw this out. Uh, the video is working right now. We had issues last week. Uh, if the video would conk out, you can listen to the show live uh, at jmnjrradio.com. Again, that's jmnjrradio.com. The live audio link is there and should be there with no problems. Um, hopefully my computer... So this is two independent issues. We had internet connectivity issues last week with the video and then my computer completely died during the week thankfully my brother-in-law jason took a look at it did his magic got most of it taken care of and i literally finished like an hour before the show getting it set up so hopefully all the audio stuff is working on my end if we take any calls or emails hopefully everything gets through the board and we can all hear and it gets sent out to you the listeners um but definitely i mean if there's feedback questions for for Adam or us about uh, the, the the bracket, definitely send them our way, uh, email or phone. Again, uh, that's jomazeandjraff at gmail.com, and the phone number is 530-563-6297. All right, so March Madness 2016 Selection Sunday. We had the uh, committee announcing the picks live uh, this evening just a couple hours ago. A uh, couple surprises uh, at number one, a lot of interesting seedings. And a couple um, areas that Adam in particular think is quite are quite strong. So we're going to, I guess, start at the top, go over the number one seeds, and, uh, and we'll go from there. So our, our number ones for 2016, in the south you have Kansas, in the east you have North Carolina, in the midwest it's Virginia, and Oregon is the number one in the west. Now, Adam... Where do you want to start with these ones? Do you want a surprise? Do you want a deserving, undeserving? Or do you think there was one that was an easy? Where do you want to start? Which of these four guys do you want to tackle first? Well, we can start at the top with Kansas. Um, they were the number one team. They're the overall number one seed, even though they didn't announce an official number one at, during the selection show. Um, that's kind of the consensus is that they were definitely the number one overall seed of the tournament. Um, but looking at the matchups that they drew, definitely doesn't look that way. Um, definitely got some really strong teams in their bracket. Um, as I said earlier, four teams that were ranked in the top five this year are in that bracket, including Kansas. Um, just I, I called that the group of death as soon as it was announced. And I didn't have to look at the other brackets. Yeah, I knew you, you had sent us a text on that one. And that's what sent me scrambling trying to find the brackets. Um, because... You were like, oh man, that that southern bracket, and I'm like, oh gosh, already? Like it was like 
633 or whatever it was and we got our first or maybe 533 i don't yeah. i don't remember but we got our first text and i'm like oh man i gotta see i gotta see what this is what this is showing up as i, I want to see this bracket and when i did see it you were right um you know you, you look at kansas you know that that's that's good but um i don't know how strong yukon is like based on the season but they seem to hit a stride this week and uh you know, they could have them in the second round. Maybe. Because, you know, Colorado snuck in there. But I say snuck in. They're an eight seed. But, um, you know, that that could be an interesting matchup. And I haven't seen much of Colorado this year. Um, they got a couple athletic big men who should supposedly give them some issues. Um, UConn, from, if you listen to some of the analysts, they were a 75-footer away from not being in here. Um the end of, I think it was yeah. the third overtime. Yeah, it was third overtime. They launched a 75-footer and... Banked it in after Cincinnati had hit a, a three-pointer with 0.8 seconds left to go up by three. Um, forced fourth fourth overtime, won by, I think, six or seven in the fourth overtime. And then beat Temple, who was the one seed in that conference, in the next round, and then uh, beat Memphis, I think it was today, uh, in the final to secure a spot. And so, you know, winning your conference tournament, those games, two more wins after that happened, bumping you only up to the nine seed. I think I think what gets people's attention here a lot too is that you have UConn who has shown the ability to really turn in these above average seasons for a typical team, but an average UConn season, or maybe even slightly below average UConn regular season, and then get hot at the right time, and all of a sudden they're playing the second weekend, maybe going into the third weekend, and you know I I mean I realize they're a nine seed, so that's unlikely, but like you mentioned, with Kansas being supposedly the, the number one overall seed to ha- draw a UConn in the second round, potentially, that's not necessarily doing any favors to them uh, right off the bat. And when you talk about UConn, about the history of UConn, it, it, I was having thoughts that this is eerily similar to the run they made when Kemba Walker played. Yeah. And yep. they went from a seven seed to NCAA champion after winning the Big East. Right. But then Where- you mentioned Big East... They're not in the Big right, East anymore. Right. The Big East has been decimated. Um, they're in now the American Athletic Conference, um, and it's just they're not going to get as high-profile recruits anymore. Jim Calhoun is not the coach as Kevin Ollie. Uh, completely, completely different scenario for them. They just look down these other teams that they have to face, I and mean, once they get to the Sweet 16, they're going to, I mean, you would think, have Maryland or California there. Correct. That's um, a, I mean, right there – that's seeing Maryland and California five, four and five. Are you surprised by the seeding of either of those teams? Well, Maryland was number two at one point this year. I don't think they reached number one. They might have, but I know they were definitely number two at one point this year. Uh, definitely a very talented team. Melo Trimble, um, one of the top guards in the country. Rashid Suleiman, who uh, landed at Maryland, had a good relationship with Mark Turgeon um, during the recruiting process. Uh, he's playing like the Rashid Suleiman I had hoped was going to play um, at Duke. They got a big guy who can stick it from the outside and Jake Lehman, and they have a couple other big guys who bang in the post, and they got some nice depth there. Uh, I think the only thing that could hurt them is the depth at guard. Once you get past Suleiman and Trimble, the the level goes down a lot. But I I definitely see Maryland advancing in the Sweet 16, um, potentially giving Kansas some fits. Yeah. Uh, you talk about Cal. They have a couple really good freshmen, really good freshman tandem. And uh, Rob is the big guy, and I think it's Jalen Brown is the kind of a slasher. Uh, but then again, you talk about freshmen in the tournament, and 
They don't have the experience. How will they perform under the pressure? Um, I think they could get knocked off by Hawaii. That's one of the potential um, upsets that I see. It's it's not one that I would feel comfortable picking, but I'll pick it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't care. It's it's a possibility. Yeah. I definitely would have them on upset alert at this point. Yeah, and then I mean, you look at the the bottom part of that bracket. Arizona's had their ups and downs this year, but you know, for the Pac-12, they've been pretty solid. Um, you have Miami, who has really given some teams a lot of trouble this year. Villanova was number one at, right. for Nova, a couple of weeks. You know, has mm-hmm. been up and down, maybe and rightfully so. Like criticized that it's little unproven. You know, a lot of their big wins have been in the Big East that we just talked about. Isn't the Big East of ten years ago? Right. Um, but still, you know, a, a solid team, but maybe not a, a one seed. I think this weekend really solidified that. But then you also have Iowa in there, you know, who Iowa, who has hit, had a rough last month, but was really high um, and then lost to Penn State. Um, they were fourth, I think. Yeah. And they, I think they were fourth when they lost to Penn State. And that kind of they got a lot them, of seniors. I think they only yeah. won like one game after they lost right. to Penn State. But they have one of the top scorers in the, in the Big Ten, you know, like. You get in there, you know. Now, obviously, that wouldn't – if Iowa wins, that would disrupt this. But you have a chance for a Villanova-Temple um, rematch. You know, uh, that was a big matchup a couple weeks ago when Villanova was number one. Um, but that would be a fun game um, to see. But I don't necessarily know that that's going to happen. But that bottom half of the bracket in the south is also, quote-unquote, loaded. You know, there's a lot oh, yeah. of teams there. Um, if, if chalk prevails, you have Arizona versus Miami in the second round. And Iowa versus Villanova. Yeah, I, I think chalk will prevail. I, I do have Arizona and the playing winner circled. That would only be if Wichita State's the playing winner. I think that could be uh, an interesting matchup. Wichita State could give Arizona some fits just with how up and down Arizona's been. Um, I like Miami to advance there all the way to the lead eight, knocking off Iowa in the Sweet Sixteen. Yeah. So you have Iowa beating Villanova. I do have Iowa beating Villanova. Now again, you. Justin hit on it with how down they've been as of late. Um, they haven't they haven't advanced out of the first weekend Villanova since I think two thousand eight or two thousand nine. Mm-hmm. Wow! And they've yeah. been a one or two seed each year. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Um, definitely, like, definitely underperforming. I, I, I like Villanova. Like I'm a Villanova fan, and I like Jay Wright. But like I can't really defend him against the criticism of that. Like he. He's a great recruiter at Villanova. You know, mm-hmm. he, he gets kids that he should get at Villanova, and they, they produce year in, year out. In the old Big East and in this Big East, come St. Patrick's Day, they're they're iffy. Mm-hmm. And and I can't – the last great teams they had are when they were playing four guards in the center. You know, made a run to the Elite Eight and lost to Oklahoma State, I think, late in that game. But um, They lost to North Carolina yeah, one yeah, of the years, didn't they? Yeah, those like back-to-back years, they had mm-hmm. really good runs. And that same group, Scotty Reynolds. Adam and I were roommates and, at and, the time of and, that, so we're talking. You know, we're talking a like, decade plus and now. Foy, and you know, you had uh, oh, who's the the stud for the Red. Raptors now? It was Alan Lowry. Ray. Kyle Lowry came in on the back end of that, and Alan was, Ray was in there. Yeah, Alan Ray. I remember when Alan Ray got his eye like popped out in the oh. tournament? That was gross. <laughs> but anyway, um, good memories. Just, yeah. So you have good times, like you know. That was the Villanova team that made it far, and they've been really high, but they haven't really produced in the tournament. And I hope they do, but 
it's it's going to be tough for him here. Is the South the toughest, you know, toughest one out there, the toughest region? I know you also were, – we're going to talk about the East next, and you also said that that was a tough one as well. But do you think the South is slightly tougher than the East? Absolutely. Absolutely. But I have Kansas coming out of it um, ever since uh, sophomore Devontae Graham has really kind of emerged in the second half of the year. Uh, they've been very solid as a team, and I know I heard some analysts talking about how they're not—they're not the most talented team in their bracket. Yet they're the number one. Doesn't matter if you're the most talented; it's who plays well together. Yeah. And they have a—they have a lot of upperclassmen on that team: Perry Ellis, uh, Frank Mason Jr., Wayne Selden. Um, they get after it. Emerging, emerging big guy in Jordan Lucas. Um, and now Devontae Graham, a sophomore, has come out of his shell, and he's put up 20-plus points in some really big games. Oh, against Oklahoma this year he did. Um, against West Virginia the other night he did. Uh, he's, he's, they're playing very well. And they got some shooters that come off the bench who can bang shots if they're left open. Real quickly, before we move to the East, I'm just going to run down the uh, 16, well, playing game teams as well, uh, that are in the South, for those of you that might not be in front of a computer. It's Kansas, the one seed against 16, Austin P. Uh, they get the winner of Colorado-UConn, the 8-9 matchup. Maryland, the 5 against 12, South Dakota State. 4, California against 13, Hawaii. 6, Arizona plays the winner of Vanderbilt-Wichita State, the playing game for the 11th seed. 3, Miami, Florida against 14, Buffalo. 7, Iowa against 10, Temple. And 2, Villanova versus 15, UNC, Asheville. So that's your south bracket. And those games, um, looks like... Most of them, well, half of them are playing on the thir- 17th, and the other half are playing on the 18th. I know there was some talk earlier this week about if things played out right, Villanova could have been in the Philly, in the East Regional playing in Philly in the second weekend. Um, they had to win. They would have had the win to have any chance at that, even as maybe the two get in there. Because the way it kind of shapes out, I'm not sure they were ever on the committee's one line. You know, well, looking at Oregon being in there as a one. Well, Oregon you know, had like, to win the Pac-10. Right, right. But I just mean, like, losing the right. seat. I don't know. They might have had Michigan State ahead of them after Villanova lost yesterday. You know, I, I don't know. But if it, Michigan State was ahead of them, they would have been ahead after beating Purdue. Today. Right, right. So I'm not sure Villanova was ever. I shouldn't say ever, but I think as they close were. to that one, I think they, they might have been. But losing in but the final, they still get to play in Brooklyn. You know, next weekend. So pretty a train ride away, and <laughs> we just talked about. Let's see them get out of the first weekend. Let's right. worry about that next weekend. Right. Let's take weekend. care of business yeah. before you worry about where you're playing the next weekend. All right, so the East, I'm going to do the rundown here first, and then we'll let Adam dissect the ones, yeah. possible upsets, and anything related to the East bracket. So number one is North Carolina playing the play-in winner of Florida Gulf Coast against uh, Dickinson. Fairly Dickinson. Uh, or, excuse me, Fairly Dickinson. Um, Florida Gulf Coast, I'm sure a lot of you remember from a few years back when they made that a run that everyone was so excited about, the actual true Cinderella. Uh, they'll get the winner of 8 USC against 9 Providence. Then next part is 5 Indiana against 12 Chattanooga. 4 Kentucky against 13 Stony Brook. 6 Notre Dame will play the play-in winner for the 11th seed, which is Michigan-Tulsa. Three, West Virginia against 14, SF Austin. And seven, Wisconsin, 10, Pittsburgh will meet the winner of second-seeded Xavier and 15-seeded Weber State. Just real quick, Wisconsin-Pittsburgh might be a 35-34 to 34 game. For- <laughs> Go Badgers. <laughs> All right, Adam, so North Carolina, the number one. Are we? Did- now, I know you said there wasn't an actual, as they 
told you the number ones. They didn't actually say that Kansas was the one. Correct. But you're taking it to be that Correct. way. And I'm thinking that UNC is the second number Second number one. Number one. That wasn't going to be my question. Um, they were – Joe already had them on the one line a, a while, a, for a while now. Um, where they were ranked, I don't think they necessarily were until they beat Virginia last night, and then that bumped them ahead. Uh, both of them were very close. Virginia knocked them off in the – and the, towards the end of the regular season a couple weeks ago in Charlottesville. Um, but UNC is very strong. They have a lot of depth. They're very athletic. Um, Bryce Johnson is an animal. He's putting up double-doubles on a regular basis. Um, Marcus Page, I thought, was probably the best point guard in, the, in college basketball coming into the season. Uh, had an injury, a wrist injury in the beginning of the year. Uh, missed a couple games, and then he's never really been himself. Um, Austin Jackson... I believe his first name is Austin. Austin Jackson is. Um, if you don't know, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> um, he he's a tr- he's another sophomore. He's tremendous a tremendous talent. Um, I just don't think he's performed as well this year for them. Um, and their Achilles' heel is their shooting. They do not have solid outside shooters. They're very inconsistent. Um, they're streaky. Page can get off every now and then. Uh, another guard, Joel Berry, can make them. And you have Austin Jackson who can make them, but they're very inconsistent. And if they settle too much for threes, they're going to be in trouble. Um, Do you now, see them having trouble in oh, you know even a, right off the bat? A lot of trouble. I uh, have a lot of trouble in this bracket. Um, Early trouble. Potential second round matchup with Providence, um, who has a tremendous backcourt. Um, guard Chris Dunn is a phenomenal player. He puts up a lot of big numbers. Um, USC, they have a, a point guard uh, or a, a guard, McLaughlin, who can can play too. Um, so they're definitely going to see some difficulty in that second round. But their real issue is going to come in the Sweet 16 when they'll meet most likely the winner of Indiana, Kentucky. I think it will be Kentucky just with how well they're playing. Um, Indiana, Kentucky is a huge, yeah, like second round game. Right, man, and that K- is a Kentucky, game. who was ranked preseason number two, I believe. Um, now they had their issues throughout the middle of the season. Um, all the freshmen that they have, right? You want to talk about talented teams, like we mentioned on the other side. Like, man, Kentucky, just the the pure talent standpoint is just unbelievable. And as much as I, I don't, not huge Calipari fan, he is incredible at what he does. He gets these guys to buy in and just play in the system, and it takes time. They've been to the final four, they, four out of the last five years. They do it. It's unreal, unbelievable. Uh, Jamal Mar- Jamal Murray has had uh, for them has emerged. I think he scored twenty plus points in the last 16, 17 games, something like that. Tyler Ulis, who is one of again a fantastic guard, he was an SEC Defensive Player and Player of the Year as a point guard, a little five nine point guard. He can score it. He finds people. He can guard guys. Um, so I see him giving UNC fits, especially if he's guarding Marcus Page. Um, that takes an element out of their game. Um, you get to the bottom half of their bracket. Again, I, I have chalk holding up for the most part, except for 8-9 and 7-10. And I don't really consider those upsets. Not really, uh, no. Because those teams are so evenly matched, um, generally. Uh, so, But I do have the number 9 Providence beating number 8 USC. And I do have number 10 Pitt beating Wisconsin. Now, we're two regions in. And the fancy pick or the one that has um, correlated to be having a pretty significant update or upset is the 512. We're two 512s in. Do you see one of those 
5-12 matchups, Maryland, South Dakota State, or Indiana Chattanooga coming to fruition? I don't have a single one. You don't have a single one this year? I don't have a single 5-12. So, all right, interesting. I've, I've never, I don't think I've ever filled out a bracket where I don't have a 12 beating a 5, but I think the five teams are extremely strong this year. Right. Now, also real quick, in the two that we've talked about, you know, we, we talked about how the Big East is not the Big East of old, yet the two seeds in the South and the East are both from the Big East, Villanova and and Xavier. Do you see either one of them having trouble in the first round? Or, well, we already talked about Villanova in the second round. You don't have right. them beating Iowa. But do you think Xavier gets past Weber State or and then – uh, Wisconsin or Pittsburgh, as you mentioned, your 10 upset there, so-called I, upset. I do. I have Xavier advancing. Uh, you had mentioned about Villanova possibly being in the East. I, I really thought they would be the two-seed in the East playing in Philly. Uh, so I was surprised when I saw them out or down in the South when then Xavier was put in the in the East. I kind of thought that might have been a flip-flop, um, which would have made for a very interesting potential Sweet 16 old Big East reunion of West Virginia versus uh, Villanova. That would have yeah. been a fun matchup. Um, I have pretty much chalk in that bracket, except for, um, like I said, the eight, nine, and seven, ten games. Okay. You've already mentioned uh, you brought up Joe Lenardi. Did you see was the bracketologist on point again this year? Uh, he had a couple uh, that didn't make it, and I saw a tweet that he had posted on ESPN. I was on the side of ESPN when I was tr- trying to find a bracket to print out. A um, couple of the, the the decisions that the committee made were. Very confusing. Head scratchers. Yes. Tulsa in, he said, is completely indefensible. There's no reason they belong. Uh, they've gotten beat by Memphis two or three times this year. Memphis isn't in the tournament. You know, they, they just don't belong. Um, Monmouth got hosed. Uh, you know, we can we – can, I, I mean, they've beaten they've – they have 13 road wins, only team in the NCAA with 13 true road wins. They have 17 road slash neutral wins, only team in the NCAA with that many. I'm also angry we don't get to see the bench celebrations. That's that's true, too. I think since we're starting to bring up some questions that we got through the email, um, we're going to open up the May Sandwich Shop email inbox here uh, with a couple emails or a few emails from uh, your dad, Justin. Uh, yeah. Jeff Raffoff has one, his first one here, and it talks about Monmouth. He says, Monmouth's omission seems to have surprised some of the analysts. How about you? Absolutely. Um, as I was talking about, they have – some really good quality wins, road neutral wins. They've beaten USC, who's an eight seed in the tournament. They beat Notre Dame handily. I think it was by 13 or 15 points down in the Bahamas. Um, and they're a six seed in the tournament. They beat UCLA and Georgetown, who, okay, they had un- atypical down years. Yeah, but not when but, you schedule them. Yeah, you, didn't, you don't know that going into it. Right. It's, you know. that's Yeah, that's my was my take on a lot of people. There's some people who are like, well, and – you know, the fourth or fifth team from like a big conference is better than the top team that just didn't win their tournament, Monmouth, in, in their own conference. And they're like, yeah, but you tell them all the time, you tell the smaller schools and some of the bigger schools, like, hey, mm-hmm. make a good schedule and you'll be rewarded basically right. if you do succeed. And Monmouth did. And basically they were like, yeah, we're not going to reward you. That's right. essentially how that played out for them. Like, yeah, we didn't mean you. That's essentially. Right. I think St. Mary's and the, and the West. Yeah. Same thing. Their only loss of the year to Gonzaga was in the final. Yeah. Um, the the two where you're talking where they were about, arguing if Gonzaga doesn't win that they're not in. Right. Gonzaga wouldn't have been right. in, especially as an 11 seed. Um, 
San Diego State's another one. They've been in the tournament the last couple years. Uh, they lost in their final to Fresno State um, by a couple points. It was close until the very end. Um, but you, you talk about some teams that don't belong. I mentioned Tulsa. I don't really think Michigan belongs. I think the only reason they're in is because they knocked off uh, Indiana in the Big Ten quarters on a last on a three pointer at the buzzer from the corner. Big shot, kid, kid. The Chapman Chapman kid made a great shot. Um, and but that, that was still that was only like the quarterfinals, wasn't it? Right, quarterfinals, right. and then they got beat handily the next night. Correct by Purdue. Yes, you know who pummeled is, them is solid, but right. Purdue's an interesting team, but like. I They're like not Purdue. a team that's going to blow out a lot of teams, and they handled Michigan yes. a loss easily. Yes. You also mentioned Tulsa, and Jeff's, the second part of Jeff's first email here is, what's up with Tulsa? Weren't they a surprise to make it? Yes. Uh, I'd say that's a yes. <laughs> Already covered that. Yeah. Uh, and then the third part of his first one is, Virginia loses to North Carolina yet as a number one. He just says, really? What's your take on well, the UNC-Virginia stuff? We, we did talk about that. You talk about Virginia's body of work. I, I think – there are three power conferences right now, and I think it's the Big 12, the Big 10, and the ACC. The ACC is absolutely loaded. There are 15 teams now. Louisville, obviously not in the tournament because of postseason ban. You talk about SMU not in the tournament from the American Conference um, because of a postseason ban. Which throws um, a wrinkle into this because those are two teams that absolutely would have made the tournament. Like, yes. And, like, Correct. probably – six or higher seeds, you know, like, because SMU yes. was ranked, in theory, really high at points this year. Correct. Um, but, so that's yeah. going to bump other teams down. Right. Um, again, you look at Virginia's body of work, they, they've they beaten all, they've beaten who they're supposed to beat. They have, what are, I, I don't know the record in front of me, I think they only have six losses. Um, play a good non-conference schedule. They I was impressed when I saw two Virginia seed, play in the tournament. Yeah, I, I'll be honest, two I haven't seen them play a whole lot outside of the tournament. I saw them play one game in the regular season, and I saw them play some of their tournament games. I'm really impressed. I like watching Brogdon play. He's, mm-hmm. he's just fun to watch. And um, you know, some of the guys they've had step up at the end of this year, at the end of the year, like the, the I forget his first name, but Toby, whatever. Toby, uh, yep. Yeah. And 26 and 7. He had lost his yeah. spot, basically. He had, he had not been playing, and they needed him to play. Like the last game of the season, scored 16 points. Like mm-hmm. in the last game of the season, and helped yeah. them win, and just had I think 10 of their first 14 points in that right in that game. Right. So like I, I mean, I like watching Virginia play. I feel like they got hosed last year. I thought in their seating. Oh, and, absolutely. And everything. Not so, necessarily the seating, but the matchup. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That was the one thing I was right on last year. Is the winner of the Virginia Michigan State game was going to go to the Final Four, yeah. and that yeah. happened. Yeah. This is why you're here, Adam. This is, where, this is what we need. I'm also going to predict that the winner of the Virginia-Michigan State game goes to the Final Four it's, this year, too. We record this. <laughs> we record this so that we uh, can go back and use it when we fill out our brackets. <laughs> Joey just realized that's an elite eight. Well, I, was, yeah. oh, I hadn't seen the bracket. I was like, well, I know Virginia's the number one. Uh, let me see what Michigan State is. Oh, okay. Yeah, well, that's a pretty easy prediction to make. All right. And then uh, we, we kind of covered this second email here from Jeff talking about uh, Villanova and Temple. And he says if they both win their first game, they'd face each other. Uh, that'd be a great game with a lot of local interest. How far can Temple go? Well, you don't have them even winning the first no. round. I, 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 Iowa's dangerous. They are yeah. They've got a lot of upperclassmen. Uh, I don't know that they're all seniors, but I, th- I think the majority of them are seniors. Um, I, a couple weeks ago, I would have said Iowa was a potential Final Four team. And now they've hit the swoon, which, again, is bad timing. Maybe, the, you know, a couple a week off they can 
break out of it. The only reason I think it could happen is because I feel like that would sum up Villanova's tournament <laughs> ineptitude is to lose to Temple in the second round. Game. Oh, God. And, oh, my gosh. Can you imagine after beating them by, like, 20-some the other week mm-hmm. at Temple um, to lose to them in the second round? Um, the third yeah. email, I, I want to address <laughs> this here. Uh, Jeff's third email here is he's addressing it to me that they're not playing games, only two first round games, but that's that not true. Yeah. They changed the real first round, which had been known for the, by the second round for the last, what, three, four years? Yeah, they changed it back. They changed it back, it back yeah. and that's the first round game. Now, maybe they're not called playing games. I don't know. Is there an no. official term for those play? I think it's what like I call the first four. It, it was like been the first four. First so four. I don't know. But they didn't call the first round the first round. They called it the second round right. for the yeah, last like, four the first years. Friday games were second round games. But now they, the Thursday and Friday games are officially first-round games again. Right. Yeah, so right. call it the round of 64, yeah. and then you can save yourself. Right, yeah. yeah. There, were yeah. 60, safe there. there were 60 there were... buys in the NCAA <laughs> tournament. So, all right, then email number four from Jeff here is about Michigan. Uh, he wants to know, um, Adam, if beating Indiana is all it takes, why not Penn State? Because <laughs> Penn State finished 16 and 16. <laughs> now, the logic is not welcome here when we're talking it about the It wasn't in the White. playoffs, though. That's the problem. Right, right. <laughs> All right. That's a question from his heart, not from his head. All right, and the last one to date from from uh, from from Jeff is uh, asking, didn't PSU beat Iowa? Yeah, they did. When was that? Mid and was it mid February? It was mid February. Mid February. Yeah, Penn State's. I mean, it's been very very slow. And you thought with, with Taylor Battle a few years back that things were trending upwards. They have a great recruiting class coming in. Penn State's starting to make waves. Right. Um, they finished five hundred or better three years in a row, which is. <laughs> Doesn't Sounds sound like a lot. For Penn State basketball, that's huge. It's a like, step in the right direction. Right. Yeah. But now, they're getting marquee wins each right. year. They're but beating this, top 10 teams the every thing. year. Somebody said the key win like eliminated any talk of, like, is Pat Chambers not safe this year, all that stuff. But they're like, it seems like he probably has started. With those big wins, you start to raise expectations a little bit. He's, they said he may have also started the, you need to make the tournament in the next two years. Which... I think that's reasonable. You know, like, you know, if if these recruits are so good, they say what does him well as opposed to what Penn State hasn't been able to do for a while. He recruits Philly really well uh, because he was an assistant. He's got two kids coming right. from Roman Catholic, and uh, I know you know a little yeah. bit about Roman Catholic. Um, Penn State made the tournament in 10, 11. When did they lose? Wasn't it to Temple in the first round? Like, so, by like yeah. two points or yeah. something? Was that... Yes, twenty ten, Taylor Battle, twenty eleven. Sounds, sounds about right. I'm I'm thinking it was ten or eleven. I can't remember. It might have been twenty ten. All right, so let's continue up with the other region, region three of four. We're gonna look at the Midwest, and Virginia is the number one seed here. They'll play sixteen seed Hampton. They'll get the winner of eight Texas Tech and nine Butler. Purdue, who we just talked about a little bit, is the five. They host little. Well, they play Little Rock. Iowa State's the four against Iona thirteen. Six seed is Seton Hall, who just got that big victory over Villanova in their uh, postseason tournament. They take 11 Gonzaga, who needed the win to get in. And three Utah, 14 Fresno State. Seven Dayton against 10 Syracuse. Oh, there's my boys. They're showing up. They're, they're allowed to play here again now? Okay. They don't, they don't belong there. <laughs> See, that's, a, that's another one. That's, that's, that's another one where people feel like they got in because they got a, a pass on the four games that, like, Beheim uh, wasn't right. allowed to the coach, um, which I don't know. Like, part of me is like, if he missed for like a health reason, okay. Like, I feel like, okay, if you're going to give him the pass for it, then, mm-hmm. but he was suspended. Like, that's a whole different issue. Like, 
Oh, you're getting a pass for that? Like, I, I, don't, know. I don't know. They were the ninth-ranked team in the um, ACC tournament. Yeah. Now, the team that was ranked ahead of them that I don't see here is Virginia Tech. Yeah. Um, I can't speak much to them. I know they had some really bad losses this year, so I'm not going to argue that, but I'd argue more that Syracuse doesn't belong in. Now, I say they don't belong in. That game against Dayton, I see that as a definite toss-up because I, I do think Syracuse has potential, and especially with the 2-3 zone that they play and as long and athletic as they are, and they are aggressive, um, they can definitely cause fits, and if Dayton's not shooting well or right. attacking the zone well, they can easily beat them. So you're saying there's a chance that Syracuse can earn the right to lose to Michigan State in the second round. Correct. <laughs> All right. Correct. Michigan State, the final game is Michigan State, the two seed against Middle Tennessee, the 15 seed. Um, any egregious stuff here in the Midwest region or, or someone that maybe is seated a little low that you thought should be higher or could start to wreak havoc and pull some upsets? Uh, we, you talked a little bit about Purdue when we talk in Big Ten tournament. Uh, Purdue is kind of the flip. I, I've heard from a lot of the teams, a lot of teams that make the tournament, everybody talks about the guard play, and then they kind of piece it together with the big guys. They kind of do the opposite. They kind of piece it together with the guards. They have the big guys. AJ um, Hammonds is a is a monster yeah. inside. And, and they have can, three or four guys right. that they rotate and there that so that keeps them fresh. That can cause fits for teams. Oh, absolutely. And if you look at that, Iowa State adds the four on the other half of that small part of the bracket. They've had their ups and downs this year. They've looked really good, mm -hmm. and they've looked completely lost at times. Um, kind of like the Chicago Bulls, which is where their head coach from last year went. Right. Like, you know, it, it's kind of interesting. Um, but Iowa State's it, problem is that they don't have much depth. Right. They play six, maybe seven guys, and that's it on a regular basis. And correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe those games are in Denver. Yeah. They are. Yes, um, they are. And we know what the altitude can do to players. Um, and their energy and stamina. Whereas and you talk about, about the depth of Purdue's uh -huh. big guys against per the So lack. you bring Purdue's depth versus Iowa State's lack of depth. Both teams are very talented. Um, I've I've had considerations of Iowa State going to the Final Four at times throughout this year. Um, I really like George Niang. Monty Morris is really, really good guard. Um, again, a lot of upperclassmen there. It just always seems that they disappoint come tournament time, and they always get upset. And it started back with Marcus Pfizer um, back when they were the 215 upset mm -hmm. to Hampton out in Boise. Um, and they've just underperformed each year in the tournament, in my opinion. Anything else in the Midwest, anything that you like, dislike about these 16 teams? Looking at those teams, I, I personally, I feel like Purdue and Iowa State deserve a little bit of a higher seed. Although I feel the same way about a Maryland, I feel the same way about an Indiana or a Kentucky. Um, I think Cal is overrated. I think I think both the the Pac-12 and the Big East are overrated conferences. Um, Oregon being the one seed, I understand they have a high RPI. Um, I'm okay with that. Um, with I know they're an athletic team, and we'll talk about that bracket in a little bit. The tough part when we talk about this all the time, everybody's like, "Oh, these teams, you know, they should be higher seeds." The tough part is, all right, well, who above right, them should who's be lower? Knock down? Like, yeah, because you can't just – everyone can't be a one or two <laughs> seed, you know, or even three, four. It's like, all right, yeah, they should be higher, but who are we going to knock down? And like you said, there are some of those higher teams where you're like, yeah, they probably could have been a little lower. Right? You, you mentioned Maryland about someone that you think um, is, is a little lower than they should be. And we've talked about it all, already, but maybe go a little bit more um, – 
Justin's mom sent us an email in here, and Cheryl wants to know exactly why is Maryland a five and not at least a four? What 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 did was the committee thinking? What did they see that made them drop them to a five instead of being up higher? After you know, we saw what they did during the year, mm-hmm. um, and you said it at the beginning of the show that they're one of them ones that you definitely think is underseated. Right, I can't answer that. What the committee saw, um, I just think they should have been higher. I definitely would have had them above a cow. I would have had Cal more down in the six seed area, um, bringing up a you know Kentucky as a four. I probably I would have had Kentucky definitely had a Texas A and M as a th- to be a three. Probably would have dumped Texas A and M down to around a five line. Brings opportunity to bring a Purdue up or a Maryland up um, to a four line. All right. Well, I think that's it for those three regions. Let's f- focus on the final region, the well, West region. I, I I did not get my upset for the Midwest. Oh, oh okay. My apologies. I have Cinderella coming back. Gonzaga. Gonzaga's going. Oh man. Gonzaga's gonna knock off Seton Hall, and that that whole little that four team pocket there yeah. is gonna be interesting because Fresno State's athletic and they can get after Utah. I do have Utah advancing out to the Sweet Sixteen. Um, I think Gonzaga could give them fists. I think Gonzaga goes. Gonzaga was like the one of the original Cinderellas from what fifteen years ago. Now we're talking late nineties, early two thousands. Year in a row, they made the tournament. Right. So eighteen what, years ago, the most interesting Gonzaga teams were always the lower seeded ones. When Absolutely. they were the higher seeds, you know the you know what were they one one to fours? They don't seem to do too much. Nope. But when they're playing down um, seven ten. You know, you got them right where they were. They got exa- they're exactly yeah. When they're at eleven and twelve, watch out. So Seton Hall, you're being put on upset alert by uh by Adam. So let's see if that one comes to fruition. All right, the last region is the West. This has the final number one seed in Oregon against uh, playing against winner the Holy South against Holy <laughs> South. Yes, uh, against Holy Cross Southern U playing winner. Um, then they get the winner of eight St. Joe's against nine Cincinnati. Quick note: Assistant coach at Holy Cross is a Hamburg grad. Oh. Nice local ties. I, yeah, I went to school with his sister at Duquesne. Number five, Baylor against number 12, Yale. Duke is the four, and they play UNC Wilmington. Six, Texas against 11, Northern Iowa. Three, Texas A&M against 14, Green Bay. Not the Packers, though. I don't think they'd be able to play on the court. Oregon State, the seventh seed, 10, VCU. And two, Oklahoma against 15, Cal Baker. A couple, as I've been reading through these 60, well, more than 64 teams, there's a couple of squads that I don't remember hearing. Cal Baker's one of them that I they don't remember them. Cal Bakersfield won on a buzzer beater. First time ever in the NCAA tournament. Oh, that would make sense why I've never heard of them in the NCAA yeah, they tournament. They usually make the baseball tournament. <laughs> like yeah, right. Every yes. year, but, but not the basketball tournament. All right, so what's your take, Adam, on the number one C Orion? Again, we talk, I talked about the their high RPI. They did win the Pac-12. Um, they they won the Pac-12 tournament. Um, you know, those are that's that's quality. Um, I know I know. I think the Pac-12 is a little under or oh, sorry overrated. Once you get past, in my opinion, um, Oregon, Arizona, and Utah, I think there's a significant drop off. Uh, Cal had a decent year. I don't think they're quite there yet. Um, USC and UCLA are a little overrated, in my opinion. I don't even know if I'd have had USC in. Um, but and again, I don't really, yeah, but again, I don't really know much about USC other than they're the good, the one good guard. Um, I think they're a little overrated. I would have dropped them down potentially. Um, I, I have Oregon going to the lead eight. I don't see much getting in their way. Potential sweet 16 issue. Um, St. Joe's Cincinnati is a coin flip in my opinion. Um, I, I don't see either one of them getting past Oregon at all. 
I don't see either one of them having the, the bodies to keep up with Oregon no. by any means there. Especially traveling all the way west to play them in Washington. You know, mm-hmm. that's I, th- I think Oregon's primed for uh, to get to that second weekend. Not I won't say easily, but they, they should get through. And I think what's tough is not we talk about not a lot of people see a ton of college basketball games anyway. Not a lot of people in the East Coast see the ten thirty and eleven o'clock college games, which is what Oregon's playing all the time on like Fox Sports Network and stuff like that. I try because, and watch them, but right. I fall asleep. Yeah, exactly. Those that they're always playing the game that I'm falling asleep as it's coming on. Like so, um, yeah, I haven't seen a lot. Their court's kind of crazy. Yeah, it's yeah. tough to watch games. There. Yeah. <laughs> all right, the West biggest overseed and biggest underseed. Or, or is everyone just right? No, I don't think everyone's just right. I, again, the Texas A&M on the three line, I don't necessarily agree with. I kind of, as, as and you know how big of a Duke fan I am. I, I Not sure they deserve right. a four? I, I'm not sure they do deserve a four. You think they they're more lose. of a five or a six? No, they lost, they've lost to Notre Dame twice this year, who's a six seed. They knocked off in the conference tournament. Again, they, they had a 16-point lead and blew a 16-point lead and then lost in overtime to them. Um, their depth concerns me. They only play six guys on a regular basis. Um, Plumley broke his nose in that in the game and the win over uh, NC State in the in that first round. Um, I, I just have concerns about them. Uh, Chase Jeter, a guy off the bench, he was a top five recruit in the ESPN however many last year. Uh, just hasn't developed as I would have hoped he would have this year as a Duke fan. Um, talents there. Luke Kennard can can score. Grayson Allen can score. Brandon Ingram can score. But again, I talked about if you know if they get a little inconsistent with their shooting, and they they tend to when they settle to for too many threes at times. Um, as much as a Duke fan as I am, I I just have concerns. Um, Anyone underrated? Underseated? Well, I the funny thing is the seven eight. I I completely missed it. The seven ten game Oregon State and VCU. I hadn't heard a thing about Oregon State all year. Yeah, no one's talked about them all year, and now they're on a seven line. Where'd that come from? They're nineteen and twelve. Yeah, never um, underestimate the Beavers. <laughs> I, I have VCU knocking them off. Um, regardless, I don't see either one of those teams getting past Oklahoma. Um, it I've would g- be cool. It's not. I doubt it will happen. But to see the Texas against VCU, that would be, would cool be very interesting. That would be very school. interesting. But, wow, that would <laughs> that would take a bunch of would. upsets to happen. But Correct. It would be cool to see. Um, but you talk about upsets. I mean, watching ESPN and CBS before I came over, um, I know they talked about Yale over Baylor as a potential. Just Yale's a, a good team. Uh, UNC Wilmington over Duke as potential. Um, I think Northern Iowa over Texas is definitely a potential. Northern yeah. Iowa, I know they've they've been up and down this year. Every college basketball team has. Right. But don't forget, you, uh, you and I, Northern Iowa, they beat mean. number one uh, North Carolina handily earlier in the year. Yeah. But then again, Texas beat North Carolina too, so maybe right. maybe that should have been an eight nine game up there in the North Carolina bracket, and they could have had could have had a rematch against one of the teams that beat them. Rubber it's amazing match. how quickly Shaka Smart has returned Texas in in the right direction. We we had this discussion a week or so right. ago at lunch about how they're not quite there yet, but no. they're they've turned the corner. Like there's no one that's like, oh man. Shaka Smart, the countdown's on. You know, he's on the hot seat. Everybody's like, "Oh man, he's he's starting it's his to get it first done." First year, 
Right, right. And we've talked how long it takes coaches to impose their style on teams and this get is teams a to buy in. Right, this is a topic for another day, <laughs> but I've had this thought of how is Shaka Smart's quick success at Texas mm-hmm. going to hurt Charlie Strong's lack, lack of, of success? success? Now, you could argue Texas football turned the corner the late part of the season, too, but... It's completely different too, you know. Right, and, and they both you, came into decent right, teams. Right, it's not like yeah. they came into nothing and had to build right. from scratch. And in Texas, you're not hurting for any resources. No, right, like they anything they want, they can have. So and, and the high profile kids right. will go to Texas just, to play basketball. It's one thing when you're remaking a 15 person roster as opposed to remaking a hundred person roster. Right. Um, so, all right, then I I know we're competing in the bracket challenge, and I hate to do this. Um, but I would like to know. You don't have to give me your final four, but give me you I'm know okay a handful plus fine. teams that I, you I, think are going to be in the expert. I'm supposed right. to you know pr- give out what I think is going to happen. Um, interesting stat this year: seventy four losses by yeah, top ten teams. Um, I I mentioned to Justin about this earlier um, a couple weeks ago: seventy four losses by top ten teams in the regular season. All right, that's the most in the history. Of the of NCAA basketball, okay. The previous record was seventy one, and I don't remember what it was before. I think it was like sixty seven and sixty five. Was that right. recently? Um, the seventy one. I, I want to say like oh like, eight, maybe okay. something like that. So semi recently, those those previous three times, a one seed has won it all. And Which it's is funny because it, it it would tell you, yeah. That's what I was going to say. So right. anyone has a chance, correct? So guess not, but. They they say the, the the comment was that the blue bloods have prevailed right. in those years. So we're at seventy four this year. So you talk about the blue bloods of college basketball. Um, you're talking about Kansas. You're talking about Kentucky, Duke, North Carolina. I would include UCLA in that, even though they're not in a tournament. Um, How about like Michigan State. Michigan State. Right. I don't. I, have, I don't remember who I said anymore. Right. So you're but, talking about teams that have been there, been there, done that. Right. Kind of interesting. The high profile teams. I was going to say it, it's funny when you look at the teams. When you look at like your Sweet 16 teams, I know it doesn't work out for all of that, but maybe if you go to the Elite Eight, look at how many of those teams where every game they play all year is a big game mm-hmm. because they always have a target on their back. Like when the, the games when they go somewhere else, it's a sellout. Their home games are sellout. You know, like you get a lot of those teams who. The stage itself isn't, you know, the pressure of if we lose, we're done, mm-hmm. may get to them. But the pressure of playing in front of a lot of people, loud arena, isn't going to get to them. And I had the conversation with my dad the other night. Um, who the refs are is going to make a difference, too. And I'm not saying that refs determine a game, but they can in yeah. times. Like, you you watch the Big 12 games. They beat the crap out of each other. They That is a physical conference. They go after each other. Other conferences, not as much. Um, so you get a Big 12 officiating crew coming in and pl- refing, you know, let's say, I don't know, Xavier and Pitt, and it's not as physical. Right, right. And one team's a little bit more physical than another. Like, I would consider Pitt more physical than a Xavier. Mm-hmm. All right. That would benefit Pitt. Right. Whereas you get a team like an Iowa State versus Purdue, and Iowa State is phys- a physical team. And you get an ACC crew who's going to call, you know, more touch fouls. That's going to hurt them. And I'm not, 
don't get me right. wrong, I'm not bad bashing the ref crews, right. but it's just, it's just the style of play, and it's right. it's the way it is. Especially, you mentioned some of the teams that have depth issues. You know, you get one guy, and you're into that bench as far as they're going to go. Yeah. Versus other teams that are just going to roll guys off the bench. That's That can determine a game, and, you know, how that rip, ripple effect goes throughout the bracket. Who knows? Now, let me All get right. back to your question. Well, let, you know what? Okay. Then let me take a shot at predicting Okay. What I think your final four would be, okay. based on everything you just said, and I could be completely wrong, but I'm just gonna throw this out there, and wait. I'll go all the way through, then you can tell me how wrong I am. Uh, South region, I'm gonna say you're gonna go Kansas. Mm-hmm. East region, I go North Carolina. Yep. Then Midwest, I think you're gonna go Michigan State. Yep. And West, I'm gonna. This is the toughest one. Yep. I'm looking at them. I. Th- I'll throw out Oklahoma, but I don't know if that's who it'll be. That is who I would have. Oh, nailed it. <laughs> nailed it. <laughs> now, we talked about Blue Bloods. Kansas, UNC, and Michigan State are in that Blue Blood conversation. Oklahoma State's kind of getting there. They're crashing the party. Um, not considered a Blue Blood. They're more up and coming. They don't have the history that the other schools have. To me, the only Blue Blood in that West bracket is Duke. I, I don't, You've already said right, that you I don't, don't think as, they have it. As much as I will cheer them on and hope my bracket gets busted by them in a good way. <laughs> right, because it's been a whole three or four years since they won. You know, you, you need another one, right? They won last year. They won last year. Was right? it last year? Jeez. <laughs> good job. So way to, they, way well, to pay attention. Well, but they've won twice then in the last five years, right? Um, five, six years? Yes. Yeah. They won it in 09, I believe. Was, when, was it that long ago? Oh, when man. Gordon Hayward, Hayward missed We're the show. Oh, missed man. I, my years are running together already. I'm <laughs> only 31, and I can't even remember who won the tournament last year. Oklahoma, I think Buddy Heald's a tremendous player. I, I see him and Denzel Valentine as the two best. I know I've talked about best point guards um, a lot on this show. Um, Denzel Valentine and Buddy Heald, to me, are the two best players in college basketball. Um, some analysts talked about how Oklahoma is too, relies too much on jump shooting. I understand that, but they get up. They go. They they're in your shorts. They guard you. They can get up and down the floor, and they can score. It's the only problem if you're not making shots. Correct. Mon- if you're not making shots, it's a huge problem. Correct. But, <laughs> but they got a lot of guys who can make right, shots. Right. Monday, April fourth, Houston, Texas. Who's playing for the national title? Well, you did such a good job predicting my final four. <laughs> I'll say you're gonna go. Oh boy. It's gonna be a rematch. I'll give you that. That means nothing that to you. That means nothing to me. It's going to be a rematch from the Tournament of Champions. I was going to say oh, Kansas-Michigan State. That's exactly correct. Yes. And I have Michigan State winning it all. Oh, okay. Oh, so you're not betting against Mar- uh, against uh, Tom Izzo? Yeah, that's what I was trying nope. to say. Oh, well, you were Tom throwing out Mark. I was like, yeah. I'm not I was sure where he's Mark going. Rizzo. <laughs> <laughs> I bet against him every day of the week. He should, he'll be in our tournament challenge. Now I'm going to tell him there's a shout-out to him on the show. <laughs> on the show, all the way to the end. <laughs> all right, so you got Michigan State winning it over I, Kansas. I do. I, Tom Izzo, come tournament time, is oh, he gets one it done. of the best coaches in the, in college basketball. Um, again, I talk about depth. They've got four big guys who can play. they got four, guard, four or five guards who can play, plus a couple other forwards that can throw in there. Um, the other thing is they've – you talk about RPI and stuff like that. They had like the number 11 RPI they showed. It was 14 yesterday. I think they deserve to be on the one line. Uh, you can probably look up their record quickly. I think it was like 28 and 7 or 27 and 9 or something like that. 
But they've gotten really good. They the second half twenty nine and five. Yeah, twenty nine and five. Yeah, that's even worse to me then because three, <laughs> at least three of their losses came with Denzel Valentine out, who right. is the best player, right. one right. of the top two players in the country. And when all five losses were in Big Ten play, okay, crazy. and that's fine. I, I know they got upset by North, Nebraska, which is they a lost bad to loss. Iowa twice. Uh-huh. Lost to Wisconsin. They lost to. They had a three-game losing streak in middle of January. Iowa, Wisconsin, Nebraska, all within a week. That might have been. And and Nebraska and Wisconsin are bad losses. Right. Both of them were on the road, though. The two the, Iowa the, losses. The, the Nebraska was at home by one. Oh, okay. Um, Actually, they both their second well, losses in that three-game losing streak were both by one point. And again, two of those losses came with Denzel Valentine out. The first one against Utah, which is at Utah, Denzel Valentine was out. I Who's know. a three seed? Like they Utah. Only had five. Oh, yeah. No, no, no. Not Utah. Wisconsin and Iowa. Sorry. Oh, sorry, sorry. Iowa. Yeah. They only had five losses. Three right. of them were by one point. And right. I think three and, of them were with Denzel Valentine out, who's, right. in my opinion, the best player in the country, does it all. Yeah, um, so. Rebound. He's he's a triple double waiting to happen. I don't think he's had one yet this year. He's only had a couple, but he fills up the stat sheet. All right. Well, that's the March Madness 2016. Bracket with all sixty, what sixty eight teams that are vying for uh, the title, and like I said, Monday, uh, Monday, April fourth in Houston, Texas. That's where the final four is in the national championship game. Uh, any final thoughts on the uh, the matchups or um, March Madness in general for uh, this season, Adam? I think you're going to be safe going with chalk and a lot of the picks. Um, I know you always do the chalk pick bracket as a control, yeah. Right. Um, I think just. For the most part, that'll be a very safe if you go that route. Um, I think there are a lot of teams that have potential. There are a lot of potential upsets. Um, you talk about Indiana or Kentucky could be to UNC. West Virginia is a very dangerous team with the defense they play. I like Purdue and Iowa State. I, that's like a, some of the, the, those four five matchups are going to be brutal on su- Saturday and Sunday. They could be brutal matchups. I look forward to watching them. Um, you know, I know I talked about a couple upsets, especially like an Iowa going out, um, potential for a Gonzaga to, to make a run to the Sweet 16. Um, I don't see a whole lot of it happening. You're going to be safe going with your ones, at least to the Elite Eight. I have every one in the Elite Eight. Um, I w- I'd stick with the high seeds. Nothing crazy is going to happen. All right. Well, you heard it here. Probably not first, but I'll say it anyway. You, you heard it here first, and that was a great insight from Adam. A lot of stats, a lot of a lot of names. He knows what's going on. Uh, he does well in our bracket challenge every year. So for those of you listening, and we had a, a good number of listeners this week listening to us live, and I know we get a good amount listening on the uh, iTunes store and uh, on YouTube after we post everything. Uh, definitely uh, over the next few nights, uh, play back uh, everything we said, and uh, hopefully uh, you'll have – as much success in the bracket challenge as uh, we've had over the years. Uh, Justin, myself, and Adam always do really well. We're usually in the top ten, uh, and that's with me knowing nothing. Yeah, just to um, But I usually I, listen to Adam, so that helps. <laughs> I wish everyone just a little less success than myself. Right, yeah. Just to clarify. Please right. don't <laughs> please don't believe me and overanalyze everything. Just take a couple of things I say and go. Yeah, and we've seen people that pick based on mascots and colors, and they do better than people yeah. who sit there and go, you know, nitpick every single game. My wife so, got second see, in a tournament last year. See, I look at it as when my bracket is gone, like I root for chaos. I know some people, <clears throat> my wife, who <laughs> she, can't did do that. Go, she did they win can't a couple do that. years like ago. She didn't roots she? 
Yeah. They <laughs> they root for the way their bracket is going to go out the most way. As soon as like I lose like an Elite Eight or a couple Elite Eight teams, boom, like I'm rooting for like, you know, the fourteen. I want them to go all the way. I want them to just ruin everyone's bracket. <laughs> Right. So, and a quick shout out. You mentioned it earlier. Florida Gulf Coast. I was at that game when they beat Georgetown. That was that's oh, right. Yeah, that's right. You that were. That was fun. What were they? That they were. That was 14, a two fi- fifteen. Oh wow! And then they beat. And you, we had talked about it before the show started. When the last time Florida was relevant, well, that was when yeah. they met each yeah. other. So that was uh, four years ago when they met each other. Then the Sweet Sixteen and Florida pummeled them. Yeah. Um, yeah. But. Yeah. But still, put a team like that. Florida Gulf Coast that we're talking about, you know, two yep. years later because of that run. Yeah. So, right, yeah, excellent. So, thank you for your insight, Adam. Uh, thank you for joining us. That was a lot of fun, and hopefully, uh, everyone listening enjoyed as well. Uh, any announcements? Any shout-outs from you, Justin? As we end the show, uh, not off the top of my head, no. All right, yeah, I can't <laughs> think of anything here in uh, early March. Um, I much know I have to all say. Week to think of it. Yeah, I know, and then I'll forget, and then we'll come back on in in a week or two or whatever, and and we'll mess it up again. But um, you can get more from us at jmnjrradio.com or jomazeandjraf.com. You can also follow us on Twitter, jmnjr underscore radio, jomazeandjraf, jmflyer1454, and mr underscore raffoff. So I think that's everything. So thanks for joining us. That wraps up the 100 – no. No, 202nd episode of the Joe Mays and J-Raff show. We hope you tune in every Sunday for our take on sports. Until next time, I'm J-Raff. And I'm Joe Mays. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening to the Joe Mays and J-Raff show. Don't forget, you can download each episode of the show from the podcast section of the iTunes store. We'll see you next time, and thanks again for listening.